Love that part. So as we get set to move forward, there's something that I need to discuss uh, before we get into our sermon series. I had a really rough day yesterday. I, I really struggled with one thing, and I didn't sleep well last night because of it. So there was a, a special general conference for the United Methodist Church uh, a couple months ago, and they were talking about how the church was going to move forward. You going to preach with me? You cornered him. There was nowhere he could go. Uh, and it was, you know, the way <coughs> forward was how the bishop put it, is we're going to look for a way to move forward as a church. And there was the one church plan, the standard plan, and the traditional plan that they were going to work on, and how our church was going to move forward in relationship with the lesbian, gay, LGBTQ community, and what we were going to do. So they had this special conference and there were 482 delegates from, or delegates from all over the world, part of the United Methodist Church from around the world. They passed what's called the traditional plan. The traditional plan, what they passed, changes the book of discipline immensely in a very bad fashion. And Friday, the Judicial Council approved it. So it is going through. So I'm struggling with it because it is a fact that it is not loving everybody. I'm really struggling with how that's going. We're supposed to love people. Period. And this system that's coming does not do that in a very good form or fashion. So I have been appointed elected, I don't know what the right word is, uh, one of ten from South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota to go represent us down in Kansas at a convention meeting on how we move forward as a Methodist church and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. So I will keep you posted as that goes, but I'm troubled, and I, I'm seriously, I'm just not going to stand for a church that doesn't accept everybody and love everybody. I'm not. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. It doesn't mean we have to agree with what they're doing, but Jesus tells us to love them, period. Jesus tells us to meet people where they're at and help them. And I can't stand things that build boundaries for that. I can't, I'm just troubled by it. It's and I'll process it and be all right, but I mean, I was struggling yesterday with this whole concept of Sunnycrest has become this warm, welcoming. Everybody is welcome when you walk in the door. There's hugs, there's handshakes. It's this great place. There's no judgment when you walk in. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It doesn't matter what your background is, what your history is, or, or, or where you're from. It doesn't matter. And if you are homosexual, I don't care. It's no different than being adulterous or having an affair. It's the same sin according to the Bible. I don't care. I'm going to hug you and love you anyways. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. 
But I wanted to share that with you as we move forward. The final decision will come in 2020. And uh, there's a lot of splitting going on right now within the, the Methodist Church. We're not very united. And it's really sad that they set up this general conference and the teams formed and they rallied and they rallied their troops and they voted and it was a horrible experience to watch. It was so unchristian, it wasn't even funny. Um, so I was going to go to this meeting in Kansas and be very quiet. Now I'm not. I'm going to be exceptionally verbal on how I feel about where our church needs to go and what we need to do. So I just wanted to let you guys know that before we start um, our sermon. So now that I got the vent and got that off my chest, <laughs> you guys need to know where I'm at. You need to know where I stand. So we went through, we made it through Easter, we made it through Lent, um, we made it through the family gatherings uh, without hurting anybody, I think. Um, through those times. But through that, through that season, we talked about the renegade gospel, the rebel Jesus, and I had so many people stop in to talk to me during the week or emails about this sermon series, and there were people that praised it and loved it, and there were people that thought rebel was a horrible term to use for Jesus because to them a rebel's bad. Well, this rebel wasn't bad. This rebel was very good. But I found out there's a lot of things we need to work on as a church when it comes to discipleship. There's a lot of things we need to look at and that we haven't done a good enough job equipping the church on how to move forward as disciples of Jesus Christ. So the next few weeks, we're going to go through some of the basics of discipleship. And I want you to understand that these basics are based on Scripture. They come from the writings of Paul. It's not just an idea that we came up with. It's one of the main focuses of our leadership team is discipleship. We have things in the works, things coming down the pipeline to help with this. But we need to understand what it means to be a disciple. And I think discipleship is this term now that just gets thrown around like crazy. And nobody really gets it. So we're going to turn to scripture on John 8, 31 through 32. And Jesus talks about disciples. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had, who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If you continue in my word is the part we're going to work on as a church. And if you look in your bulletin, there's a blue box. And in that blue box is resources for you guys. It's books and it's videos on rightnowmedia.com that are going to help go through everything we're going to talk about in the next few weeks on discipleship. So if you have other questions, if you want to dig in deeper, there's the resources to do that. So take advantage of that. From here on out, when I do sermon series, I'm going to give you all of those resources so you have something outside of church to work with and look at. But what does it really mean to be a follower of Jesus? I think people really struggle with the context of what a disciple means. And the definition of a disciple or discipleship or someone who follows Christ 
is one who reads, learns, accepts Jesus Christ, and is living their life through the Gospels. There's a lot of pieces to that. It's not just reading the Bible. It's not just going to Bible study. It's actually an active faith movement where you have things you're doing. And I think we can agree that discipleship is one of those things that's really lacking in a lot of churches today. We don't focus enough time on what it means. Many churches have, you know, incredible music, great messages, great coffee, you know, those things. But what are we doing to equip our people? So one of the arguments I get in with our Bishop O all the time is he'll call and say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. Church is growing. Keep those numbers going. I'm like, I'm not worried about that. He's like, what? I'm like, I, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about how many disciples we're creating as a church. How many followers are going out our door and creating other disciples because we've taught them how to. Then we get to the question of what should we do? How do we do that? How do we become a disciple? What are the tools that we need? And I think the reality kicks in that most of us can't answer that question. We truly don't know. We've heard discipleship, but we truly don't know what it means to be a follower of Christ and a disciple. We talk about it a ton, and I think we lack an action when it comes to discipleship. I, th I think we do. And I don't mean that harsh. I just mean it's a place we have to focus and figure out. And the way we figure that out, you guys all got a blue piece of paper. You're going to hear about that blue piece of paper for the next five, six weeks. So don't lose that blue piece of paper. Brian, if you need another one, just ask me. But we have to help you build a pathway to get to discipleship. And there's things that we can put in place that will help you with that. And here's the things we're going to discuss in the, our pathway to discipleship. Prayer, scripture, relationship, discipling. Are you being discipled? Are you discipling someone else? Living the Gospels and stewardship. That's the steps we're going to take in that. But we start with something that sounds really odd, and that's called maturity. I know it doesn't sound right to say, what does maturity have to do with discipleship? Maturity has everything to do with getting started as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Maturity has everything to do with taking that first step in that walk. And there's, we're going to talk about this because it's going to be, there's parts of it that are hard to swallow because it pretty much means grow up, man. Grow up. You have to walk into this with this maturity level to be mature enough to accept that you're broken, that you are not perfect, that you have spots in your life where you need help and you're not doing it right and you're not following Christ and there's spots where you're struggling. You have to be mature enough, mature enough to look in your life and see those things and actually name them because you're not going to create a pathway to betterness if you don't know what you're trying to better. So you have to be mature enough to look at yourself and say, man, when it comes to conflict, I'm horrible. Or for me, when it comes to a challenge in my personal life and how I do things, I shut down. 
You know, we, we have these things that we aren't doing right, and we have to fix them. And we have to create this path of discipleship and what we're working on. And here's the thing. The more you dig into your faith, the more you dig into discipleship, the more you dig into the Bible, the more sinful you're going to realize you are because now you're aware of what you're doing wrong. And I don't mean that in a negative connotation. I mean that very positive. You start to really see how you're shorting life by not doing things the way Jesus taught us, moved us. And if you think you're going to get through this spiritual jungle, the drum set's really fun. <laughs> if you think you're going to get through this spiritual jungle by yourself without help, you're crazy. We're not meant to do this walk alone. We're not meant to live a Christian life on our own. We're meant to live it in community and in relationship. But you have to be mature enough, mature enough to name your own faults, shortcomings, and weaknesses. You have to be. And it's hard. And it's been proven over and over again that if you have this path, these ideas, this progression to transformation is very, very possible. It's not a quick process. It's a long process. But here's where it comes from. Paul writes of this path in Colossians. For this reason, also since the day we heard this, he's talking about the good news, the gospel. We haven't stopped praying for you. There's the prayer part that we're going to talk about. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. There's the scripture part we're talking about. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, living the gospel. Living in a way that pleases Jesus Christ. Fully pleasing him. Him, meaning that's the relationship we need to have with Jesus Christ. Bearing fruit in every good work, discipling time, talent, and treasure. And growing in the knowledge of God, Scripture. So this whole idea that we put together is from this piece of Scripture. He gives us every piece we need to figure out how discipleship works. It's the foundation of how we're building the foundation of what we're going to talk about. It's scripture-driven. It's Bible-driven. And this whole due diligence project is just to equip us to be better disciples one day at a time. And here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about this as a discipleship diet. Because how many of us have tried diets and we're, for 30 days we're like, woohoo! And then two months later you're back to your old habits. And usually they're a tad bit worse than they were before. We don't want to think of discipleship as a quick fad. It is a long, strung out plan. And you can't tackle everything at one time. When you, put, when you have a list of those things that you've named, you have to pick one. Here's where I'm starting. And then we're going to teach you how to pray about that. We're going to teach you what scripture will help you with that. And we're going to teach you what that means in relationships and what that means in discipling and what that means in stewardship of your time, talent, and treasure. You dive in. You make progress. You, you set up goals that are so doable. There was this book when it was coming out called Not a Fan. I couldn't wait for this book to be published. I'd heard so much about it 
And I'm like, this is going to preach. And then I read the book, and I'm like, man, I'm never going to be good enough for that guy to be considered a disciple. He said it so out of reach, so fast, that literally everyone who tries it is going to fail. I don't want that to be that way. I want it to be a reasonable plan for how we move forward in those things. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to start your pathway. So you all got that blue piece of paper. This is where, Brian, you might need more than one. I'm just picking on you. I want you to start naming those things in your life where you're broken and where you're falling short. I want you to write them down. You don't have to do it right now, but sometime in the next week, I want you to go through your life and pick out the things where you're not seeing Jesus lead you, you're not seeing him guide you, you're not seeing his love. And I want you to write them down. And this list you don't have to make public, no. You don't have to hang it on your mirror at home. Put it somewhere, put it in your Bible, put it somewhere where it's for you. And then every week as we go through this, with prayer, scripture, relationships, we're going to keep referring back to your list. That's why I said don't lose it. We're going to help you build a discipleship plan of the things you have in your life that you need help with. We're going to help you start that process week by week by week. So don't lose your list. But I want you to be mature enough to really name those things. Don't be scared if it's your marriage, or if it's relationships, or if it's addiction, if it's money, if it's some bad habits that you have, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, for me. Conflict resolution, inner feelings, the past that you can't let go, sex, porn. Don't be scared to name those things because you're never going to change them if you can't name what they are. And then we're going to teach you how to pray with that list and to look scripture up with that list and how to build relationships around that list and how to disciple with that list. And we're going to move you step by step by step and equip you. So that's the challenge this week is build this list. Don't lose Because we're going to talk about it for six weeks about this list and how to make those changes. And then we're going to come back and revisit those at time to time and find out where you are. So for Man Church, they've been doing journals, and each month they're supposed to journal on, what have I seen change in my life since I've started this? Better, worse? We all need to reflect on what's discipleship doing for us in our lives. All of us. And I'm just as guilty. I'm, I'm in, I made my list yesterday. I'm taking the same walk with you. And I actually got them all on one piece of paper, but it was front and back. And I struggled with it. I struggled with some of the things that I do wrong, even though I've made massive changes the last eight years in my life that has helped. But the more I dig into my faithful life and my scriptural life, and my life with Jesus Christ, the more I realize I'm broken. And the more I realize I need discipleship now more than ever. 
So we're going to move forward as a group together in this discipleship walk as we build this pathway for discipleship. Let us pray. Almighty Father, today we thank you for this time that we gather. We lift you up for the praises and the grace that you bring. And right now we ask for the courage and the wisdom to start this pathway, to help start building this pathway. Let us be honest with ourselves and with you as we build this list of things that aren't just going well in our lives and that we need to fix, we need to work on. Give us the strength and the courage to accept that we're broken and that we have flaws. But let us rest in the reassurance that we have forgiveness and repentance on our side. In your name we pray. Amen.